0: Sermon uh, series we're doing, I would argue, is for our very hearts. It's a battle for our very hearts. Um, that we're going to cover this whole uh, text throughout the whole semester. We're going to talk about everything in here, but tonight we're focusing on the fourth word or fourth word after the fruit of the spirit in verse twenty-two, which is patience. So I'm going to read the whole text, and we'll move on. To the message tonight. Hear the word of God. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the de- desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. The desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to one another, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, and envying one another. Grass withers, flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Let's pray and ask him to bless us. Father, Father in heaven, you have brought us uh, to this place tonight. Um, we're here because you want us here. Uh, we made decisions, but you're the ultimate decision maker. You brought exactly the people you wanted to be here tonight. And so uh, you brought the exact person you wanted to talk tonight. And these are the exact things you wanted to say. I pray that, uh, that you would speak through them. And as you do, uh, when you speak, uh, Lord, we expect to be changed that we would be forever um, different by hearing your word. Not the words of men, but the word, uh, very written word of you, your Lord. Uh, Lord Jesus, be with us. Spirit, speak to us and teach us. We pray we need you to understand, the, help us understand these things. And we will give you glory in the end. It's in, Christ we, it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. Okay, so here we go. Um, this is about thriving in college, y'all. Y'all wanna thrive in college, don't you? I wanna thrive, I want you to thrive. So therefore... What must you have to thrive? Well, you need love, you need joy, you need peace, you need patience, and on and on. You need the fruit of the Spirit, something inwardly worked in you that you can't create. These things are not basic to you. They're not basic to you at all. So patience, I would say tonight, is the core issue of the Christian faith. Because we're always waiting for something. Everybody's always waiting for something. In fact, as I was trying to, to print out the dadgum handouts tonight that you have in front of you, hopefully, those things took forever. I was like, are you kidding me? It's crazy how long that printer took to print those things out. I don't know if you've seen it, but the, there's a movie called Office Space from the mid-'90s. Some of you have, you're laughing, you know. Peter, Samir, and Michael Bolton, I believe. Um, The three people who work in this office are infuriated by this printer. It never works right. It always jams. It always tells them there's an error and they can't get their stuff right away. One of them says, this thing's lucky I'm not armed. Well, they end up in a classic scene. If you haven't seen it, YouTube later, please office space, printer scene. That's all you need to know. Well, I'll just spoil it for you. Okay, so flash of the scene, printer dropped into a field. Here comes the three workers, and they're doing you know high kicks on it, like all the way up above their head, smashing down upon this thing. The guts of the printer are flying everywhere. Then one of them hands a baseball bat, and they just go, cra- go to town on this printer and kill it. In fact, they had to, they had to, they had to hold Michael Bolton back Almost tears of joy were flowing from him because he got to crush the printer. It was awesome. We thrive on that kind of vengeance because we're all impatient. We all wish we could be right there with Michael Bolton and the boys smashing the printers, the things that frustrate us. We all want to be that. Now, raise your hand if you say things like this because this is, it's not just printers. Let's talk about real life, guys. Uh, that is real life, but yeah, it's a movie. Um, how many of you guys say... This is taking forever. Yeah, okay, for you. How many of you guys say, you got to be kidding me? you got to be kidding me. Slow drivers in the right lane. Not the left. Honk. Get out of my way. Don't tell me to calm down. Some of y'all say that. Who says that? Get out of my way. Slow walkers, cyclists, <laughs> grannies. Spit it out. Come on, talk to me. When you're at a restaurant, you're saying, Are they killing the cow back there? <laughs> That's, that's what we all do. Patience. I'm telling you, this is, this is a battle night for your heart. This is who we are. We're impatient. Some of you are going to go to a career fair tomorrow. You've been impatiently waiting this your whole life to get hired. Finally. Some of you are still waiting to get hired. Um, it's, we're waiting to get hired. And it is killing us. Some of us are like, i got to drop a few LBs. You know, I need to go on a diet, and I want it to work now. I don't want it, I don't want it to take long at all, I want it now. We've got iPhones, we can do anything at the drop of a hat. Now, let me talk to you about the internet just a minute, okay? Like, do you know that when I was in college, there was a thing called (laughs) dial-up? You would use your phone, not this phone, but the, the phone that was attached to your house, the landline, and it would dial up to the internet, and, and if you're lucky, it was 56 KPS. You know how long it took to download a picture? <laughs> 10 minutes, if you're lucky. 10 minutes. Now we have Instagram, and you've got pictures just flying at your face, and it is incredible. The Bible, y'all, says, be patient. And we live. In, and maybe it was easier for them back then, but we are not patient people. Everything is right now, and we demand it now. But the Bible says, wait. Some of you have been in this situation. Um, just get, just get, make everybody feel awkward a little bit. Um, you're making out with somebody. The Bible says, wait. But taking off my clothes it might feel good. Making making out might feel good. Being patient sucks. Doesn't it? It doesn't feel good. Patience, y'all, isn't just waiting. Let me tell you what it is. It's waiting with a reason. It's trust. Patience is trust. It's actively waiting, which is caused by an inward belief, an internal belief. Patience is, first point, Um. What is patience? It's not just playing a role. It's not just your inner role that causes you to wait. It's got to be something deeper within. It's not just your personality. Some of you guys get walked over all the time, okay? I get walked over sometimes. So it's, that's not being patient. It's being a doormat, okay? That's not patience. Patience is waiting with a reason. It's trust. It's trust in God it's actively waiting produced by something inside of us the spirit you can't produce patience within you just like you can't produce love in you or joy or peace what we talked about in the previous weeks you cannot produce patience and I might even, you might even argue that patience is a synonym for faith itself faith itself um, in Hebrews 6 Abraham who is the kind of the the paragon of virtue in the Bible for faith. Our big example, he's commended for his faith throughout the Bible, but Hebrews 6 clarifies the angle of faith that he's really commended for, which is patience. It says, And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. We wait, and we wait, and we wait. Patience is life. If you're not a Christian, if you're not a believer here, we're glad you are here. If, you, if you're not a believer in all this yet, we are glad you're here. We want have to be a place for you to come and to consider this stuff, honestly. Or maybe you've heard this your whole life and you're doubting since you've gotten to college. This is a place for you. You might think all this is rubbish to talk about patience. Now, here's what I mean. <clears throat> Isn't this just a cop-out, Christians, to talk about how we need to learn patience? Here it is. Surely, this is just mind games thrown at you by the Bible and the church in order to help you rationalize and appropriate your imaginary God and His lack of attention to you and ability to act in your life. Okay? You don't see anything happening. Unanswered prayers. Hardships. And this patient stuff, isn't that just just baloney? Like, it's just imaginary. The whole thing's imaginary. Waiting, what are you talking about? If God's true, shouldn't he be able to intervene whenever and fix things? And he can, but he doesn't. What's up with that? Everyone hates this aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. Christian, non-Christian, everyone hates this one. I want it now. You go to the breakfast buffet, I want all the bacon in my stomach right now. I do. You do too. The point is, you'll pay for that later if you eat all the bacon. If you go to, that's why Waffle House, only, Waffle House is wiser than anybody. It only gives you two, two pieces of bacon, two strips. We're designed to only have so much bacon. And we're designed to only have so much power over ourselves If we go beyond our limits, we're going to suffer. Our limits are not arbitrary hoops that God's given us to test us, just just to entertain himself, making all these Christians wait around. They're God's best and his design for you. Waiting, waiting till marriage, waiting for your dry cleaning, waiting for the printer. Waiting is for you because you're not designed to have absolute power of yourself. If you had absolute power of yourself, you'd eat too much bacon. Waffle House only gives you two. Um, we all want to do things faster. So I think right now it's appropriate to bring in a redneck, duck dynastic illustration that Sam Cameron Morgan might uh, uh, you know, really like. Um, see, patience is okay with being stopped. And slowed down or delayed by the Almighty. It's, it's being okay with that. It's trusting that the delay has a purpose. That God can be trusted. It's not in my best interest to have it now. So, without further ado, redneck, duck dynastic illustration. In 1987, at the Talladega Motor Speedway. You've been there. Meredith, you've been there. Yeah. Talladega Motor Speedway. My wife's from Alabama. Who else is from Alabama? Brittany, you've been to Talladega? Awesome. Okay. 87, Bill Elliott set the fastest record for qualifying. 212 miles per hour. That's a lot. (laughs) That's as fast as Leslie Giudano wishes she could go. (laughs) 212.809 miles per hour. The car he was driving, Bill, Bill Elliott was driving ran so fast that it literally began to lift off the speedway. And that's a major safety issue. So what did NASCAR do? They like, we got to solve this. The speeds were so fast, they couldn't really handle the cars. And so NASCAR implemented the restrictor plate. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Junior, Dale Earnhardt Junior really, really does well in the restrictor plate racing. Okay, what a restrictor plate is, and I just learned this, uh, is it's a device that limits the power output of an engine. Therefore, it slows the acceleration and the overall speed. The horsepower of the machines are phenomenal. In fact, Rusty Wallace actually test drove a car there one time, 2004, in Talladega, and went 228 miles per hour on the backstretch. That is 16 miles per hour faster than Bill Elliott went, which which actually caused the car to lift off the ground and safety issues. Wallace, Rusty Wallace, after driving it that fast and averaging 221 miles per hour on a lap, on a lap, 221 miles per hour average, he described the experience as out of control. And he also said that there is no way we could race at those speeds. The restrictor plates have slowed the cars and speed significantly. And now, you know how much an average NASCAR race lap is? A piddly little 187 miles per hour. Safe. See? Still very fast, but safe. And, and so, we want it. Now, we want to go faster and faster faster, but if we get what we want all at once, we're going to be out of control. It's going to be dangerous. God has our best interest at heart in making us wait. Patience is waiting, but waiting not just arbitrarily or sitting around and waiting. It's waiting with hope, with trust, with purpose, because God is who He is. Um, we want a girlfriend, Maybe. Maybe you're saying, I want a boyfriend now. No, you don't. You want what God wants to give you now. That's patience. Okay, why you will thrive if you're patient, second point. Um, Listen, y'all probably heard that impatience gives you bad problems. Okay, you get ulcers, uh, high blood pressure, impotence. I don't know. Maybe I I made that one up (laughs) just to freak you out. (laughs) Freak you out. Um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, but but studies show, and most statistics are made up on the spot, but but like high blood pressure, tension, stress can can kill you. Okay. Um, it's it's not good for you to always be impatient and anxious. Um, Think about pregnancy. Okay, many of us when, when you're thinking about getting pregnant, when you get married someday. You're gonna, you're gonna, you can't wait to get pregnant, and then you find out you're pregnant, and then what is it all about? It's about a bunch of waiting. But say, no, not yet. Okay. Nine months, ten months of waiting, but the patience pays off. Eventually, you have a baby. That's great. Gardening. Gardening takes time. Now, think about exams, y'all. Some of you have an exam this week, okay, and you're... If you're impatient, the impatient way to do that is to kind of cram at the last minute. Okay, that's what we do. The the patient way would be to study a few moments every day. Take a little time. No one does that. I might just want to make some note cards after my class and review those. Who does that? Okay, some people maybe do. National merits. Okay. Um, But... We don't typically do that because we're impatient. We don't want it to to take time. We want to get the least amount of work possible to get the best grade. That's not going to, at the end of the day, help us. We talk about that. Studies show that if you cram, you lose a lot of information. If you work over time, you gain a lot more information. You're able to apply it better. Okay, just like the bacon buffet. (laughs) It's not all good at once. A bacon strip a day keeps the doctor away. But all at once, (laughs) bad, bad. It's Proverbs, y'all. It's wisdom. Wisdom. Proverbs. Patience is wisdom. Okay? You cannot afford to be impatient. You cannot afford to be anxious. It can literally kill you. You need to work on this to live your best life. To thrive, you need to work on this. You need to be patient. You need to be less stressed. Okay? So you're telling me I need to do this. Give me something to do! Already. You're like Okay, you're, you're making all this po- case about, okay, listen to what patience is. You're not, you're not patient. What do I need to do? Help me already to be patient. Third point. How to be patient already. Impatience. Okay, y'all. Okay, just get, let's get this clear first. Impatience is not the same as the drive to excel. You're in college. You're all the same. You have the drive to excel. You want to win. That's different impatience is being discontent with life, not serving and bowing down to you. Okay, that's the root of the cause here. I've got to get over myself, my self-interest. That life has to revolve around me. I've got to stop having to be the VIP member of everything. Where, where I walk into the bookstore and they've got my books all lined up for me at the discount rate and they have no, pro, no trouble checking me out and giving me exactly what I need. If I'm impatient, I will just fume that these things cost too much and they don't have what I need and all that stuff. Um, When I'm in the cafeteria line, I'm going to get mad when there's a line. All they need to do is scan the card. I mean, come on, how hard is that? (laughs) Because light for balls around me. I need to get my food now. That's our problem. How to be patient then? Well, it's not, I'm going to tell you this, it's not found in verses that tell you to be patient. It's not found in verses that tell you not to be anxious. That's not the way to become patient. Those verses, that law that's in the Bible, it's all over the place. It's like it's like it's like looking at rotten crops and putting a sign there that says this is rotten. When I tell you be patient, all you you have to examine yourself and be like I'm not patient. I'm rotten. Okay? The way to patience is not through Oh, man, I lost my patience again today. I need to go get some verses that tell me to be patient. Okay? That's only going to make me more self-obsessed about my patience and impatient with myself probably because we're all impatient. It's not found in verses. It's faith versus faithful obedience to being patient. And I'm going to say that belief produces belief. Trust produces trust. Patience with God produces patience with people. Trust, belief, Faith produce patience. Only believing in a God who's patient with me can I be patient. Only in doing that. Only believing in a God who's patient with me can I be patient and help other people be patient. And so, under how to be patient, we arrive at this point, which is that Jesus is the only perfectly patient man. And you know what? He patiently selects sinners to be his people. He patiently and accepts people who lose their cool, who have to be first, because he became last. The Bible says that the Son of Man, of the king, the creator of all things, came not to be served, but to serve. You know, the office- space copy machine? He came to be your copier. I mean, he came to be crucified. If anything, you can say that's true about Jesus because he came to die for you so that you could live. Impatience or this lack of trust in God's plan for you put Jesus on the cross. We can't take it lightly that we're impatient. Now, that's something that we're like, oh, everybody's impatient. So it's one of those things we can, you know, culturally excuse. Well, everybody's impatient. But look, impatience Put Jesus to the cross we've got to take it seriously but the thing is he takes it very seriously now on the flip side of that impatience put Jesus on the cross why because he judges that but also because he loves you he's willing to become the crucified one because he knows you the eternal one who made us and knew that we would distrust him and be like sheep and what you know what sheep are sheep are the most fearful terrible animals out there okay they often will have this fur, this, this fluffy white fur that comes off of them, and, and they'll, they'll they kind of just, you know, waltz around with their fur, and then they'll like accidentally get into some water, and then it'll just blow up and they'll drown, okay? Like they're easily, they'll, they're easily drowned, okay? This is, this is scientific, y'all. Okay, so you like my sheep? Okay, so sheep, check this out. If, you pick, if you're a shepherd and you pick up a sheep, the sheep will bite you, okay? Sheep are stupid. Okay, stupid animals. (laughs) Impatient, follow the wrong crowd, end up in bad places, drowned. Easily separated. Now, that's the kind of people that God is willingly loving and going to make new. So, if you want to thrive in college, I'm going to advocate that the path to thriving is not through harder work, it's through deeper understanding. Trust and knowledge of the one who would do such a thing for you. The harder you look through the Bible for the gospel, what's the gospel? The gospel is Jesus became the printer for you so that you could become the sons and daughters of God. If you want to thrive in college, your your belief in God has got to become deeper and wider and more substantial in Jesus. Jesus is how we know God. But not just general belief, it's, it's the good news. It's that Jesus loves sinners. That's the center of it all. Jesus' joy is to rescue impatient people. The greater you see your failure in that, the greater you examine yourself. Now, I've given you in your hands um, a five-day prayer journal. As you look through that journal this week, you're gonna, I think that the discipline of praying other people's prayers is gonna help you to pray. It's gonna help you to realize what a sinner I am and what a great God we have to relate to us. And so that's going to help you. The more you examine just the reality that you get to talk to him and the depths of your failure here and the way he cleanses you and accepts you. And he's not, he's not impatient impatiently tapping his toe, waiting for you to get it all, whether you get it all together. That's what you need. Um, there's a guy named Herm Edwards who is a former football coach. He's been in the NFL for a long time. And now he's a sports center guy. He's an announcer. Every year he speaks to the rookie NFL draft picks. And these guys are about to get their first paycheck from the league. The NFL, y'all. It's amazing. Okay? Like we, we all, like all the guys in the room want to be this guy. Okay? Where we can get that paycheck. Right? Um, here's what he says as his financial advice. He's like, you got to get your finances right. In life, here's the rule. You need one of everything. What you're going to do when you get that first check is you're going to get a house. Get one house, not two, not three. Get one car, not five cars. Get one piece of jewelry. (laughs) Not the bling, not the Mr. T jewelry, um, anything like that. One piece of jewelry. One girlfriend or one wife. (laughs) You can't have both a girlfriend and a wife or multiple girlfriends in different cities um, because he says, look, if, you, if you're that guy who gets busted for this stuff, he's going to be on SportsCenter saying, I tried to tell him, and he didn't listen to me. You've got to get one of everything. And so here's the deal. You've got to have one Lord. If you're going to be patient, you've got to have one Lord. It can't be God, and it can't be money. It can't be approval, It can't be yourself. What makes you impatient is probably when you ask, what is is driving you to become impatient? Whenever you sit and ask and, and kind of reflect over your day, what has really brought you to impatience, that's going to be your God, yourself. Whatever is driving you to fly off the handle, you find that and you realize what you're really worshiping. And it's not Jesus. And so when you find yourself in that, there's hope for patience. There's hope because you can turn from that, not to trying harder, but turn to a patient Lord who's at the gates of heaven waiting for you to come around. He's waiting. He's patient with you. He's not demanding that you get cleaned up and more patient before he'll have you. He wants you all the way like you are now. And that is what will make you more patient. And that's what will give you the ability to make other people patient. Let's pray. Our God, help us to, to internalize these things, to know them, to believe them, to wrestle through them, and be patient, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.